I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Well, welcome back to a Faith Friday. We are kicking off another Faith Friday here. This is the third one. I'm super excited as we keep continuing through Philippians. Uh, Today we are in Philippians chapter 3. Again, I am out on the back porch studio. It is beautiful out here. It is a wonderful 75 degrees or so right now. It's really nice. It's calm. You can hear the birds singing in the background. It's wonderful. I love it out here. Um, If I had a camera, you'd see a disheveled patio set here with recording equipment and laptop and several different books and uh, is just a mess. So, uh, but anyway, let's jump into this Faith Friday. I am super excited for this one. It's going to be great. All right. So as always, we start off with reading the entire chapter. And today is Philippians 3. So if you're at home listening to this, you can grab your Bible, follow along, read it in your translation. I'm reading out of the NIV Uh, That's what I grew up with. That's what I'm familiar with. So I just, uh, I seem to understand it better. Uh, The NIV is a thought-for-thought translation. Uh, It is not a word-for-word translation. So uh, if you are more into a word-for-word translation, then I would encourage you to pull out your word-for-word translation and read along and see if there's any mistakes in the NIV, anything like that. I had can say that I haven't really found any necessarily. Uh, Maybe some of the wording is a little different, but I think ultimately the NIV does a pretty good job of getting across the thought of what the, the author of this book was trying to say. And the author of this letter, it's not necessarily a book, it's a letter, is Paul, and he's writing to the church at Philippi. So let's keep going. If you haven't listened to the other episodes uh, that deal with the book of Philippians, head back a few few weeks, uh, catch the first Faith Friday that we did, and uh, follow it all the way through so that you don't take the scripture out of context. And that is why we read the entire chapter and then go back verse by verse is because we don't want to take God's word out of context. So let's begin here. Uh, Bear with me. I might make some reading mistakes as I go along here, but uh, just bear with me. We're going to do this together. So let's hit it. Philippians chapter 3. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put on confidence in the flesh. 
though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic, righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of, of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so, somehow, to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained it. I'm sorry, let me read that again. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. We're going to read a little bit into chapter 4 here. Therefore, my brothers... You whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. All right, that concludes chapter three of Philippians. Some awesome, awesome stuff in there. Um, some encouraging stuff, some, some tough stuff to hear in there. But uh, let, let's go back to the very first verse of chapter 3. Let's start going through this and digging through it a little bit. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. So he's talking about, uh, I think it's it's something that uh, maybe he wrote earlier. I don't remember if he wrote uh, rejoice in the Lord in this particular letter, 
he could be referring to a previous letter that is not that did not make it into the Bible or was never found. Uh, but uh, let me look at the notes here. Uh, uh, this does not. Okay, so the word finally, it doesn't mark the end or the conclusion of the letter. It's, it's like uh, this does not mark the close of the letter. However, rejoice in the Lord uh, again. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to read the notes here, but anyway, that doesn't really matter. Uh, that is not signaling the end of the book. He's just encouraging them to rejoice in the Lord. And Paul is saying here that it's a safeguard for the Philippians that he talks about this stuff again. So let's move on to verse 2. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. What Paul is talking about here is the, um, I guess you would call it the circumcision party. They they were Judaizers, and they that's what they were called anyway. And they really wanted everyone who believed in Jesus Christ and started following him, they believed that they those people needed to be circumcised. But these people weren't Jewish. They, the Judaizers didn't understand that this was a new gospel, that this was something new. It wasn't, it wasn't the same thing as Judaism. This was a new law, a new thing. And... Um, Paul is saying here, watch out for these people because they were they would try to you know infiltrate the church, and then start telling them that you know you guys should be circumcised, just like just like the Jews. I mean, we see that a lot in today's churches as well, uh, especially in smaller churches where someone new might start coming in and they'll be there for a while and then they'll start saying, well, you this church really should be doing this or that, or the other thing, because it's the way they believe, but it's not necessarily the way the church and the church leadership believe that that this denomination or this church should be, this thing should be done. We see that a lot, especially in smaller churches. All right, let's move on to verse 3. For it was we who are the circumcision... We who worship by the Spirit, who glory in Jesus Christ, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. So Paul is saying here, we don't need to be circumcised. We are the circumcision. We who worship by the Spirit of God. You see, the, Jew, the, the Jews didn't have the Spirit of God. They didn't believe that the Spirit of God was there. They couldn't believe that because they didn't believe that Christ had come. If Christ hadn't come, the Spirit couldn't have come. And so Paul is saying, we're the circumcision. We don't need to be circumcised. Our souls are circumcised because we worship the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God, who is the glory of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, you can't have the Holy Spirit, is what Paul is kind of getting at here. And who put no confidence in the flesh. Jesus didn't put confidence in his flesh, as we saw um, in the 40 days that he spent in the wilderness. Satan tempted him to turn rocks into bread. 
and to um, jump off the highest point of, of the, the steeple. Uh, and he said, command your angels to come and catch you because, you know, you're the son of God. Jesus didn't take the bait with those things because he had no, he had no confidence in the flesh. But Paul is also saying here in verse 4, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Paul was, I mean, you can kind of hear it in his writing. Paul's a pretty proud man. Um, he's, he's got, he still has some sanctification to work through. Uh, even Paul, even Paul does. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting to read some of these things and read them and read them and read them. And you can, because like this certain, this particular passage, preparing for this, this uh, Faith Friday, I've read this several times over and read through a commentary and things like that to try to bring out a little bit more in, in this chapter because I wasn't, I wasn't particularly happy how the last Faith Friday turned out. So uh, I wanted to bring a little bit more heat, you know, a little bit, I shouldn't say heat, but a little bit more knowledge to you guys. And a little open the scripture up a little bit more to you. So um, Paul is saying here that he has a lot of reasons that he could be, you know, he has all the reasons in the world to have confidence in his flesh. And we're going to see that right here. Uh, continuing in verse 4. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He Paul was circumcised on the eighth day, which is in tradition which is the Jewish tradition. Uh, to be a good Jew, you needed to be circumcised on the eighth day. He is of the people of Israel. So that's, that's the second thing. So what Paul is doing here, I heard this, I watched a video about this, and what Paul is doing here is he's laying out his profit and loss statement. As we'll see later on, he kind of talks about that. Um, he's laying out his profit and loss statement. And right now he's, he's, he's saying that these could be considered his profits. Okay. So he was circumcised on the eighth day profit, uh, of the people of Israel, another prophet, more profit of the tribe of Benjamin, which was like the, the, the it tribe in Israel. So another prophet. A Hebrew of Hebrews. So not only was Paul Jewish, but he was also Hebrew. Um, in regard to the law, which is the Jewish law, the Torah, a Pharisee. So Paul was a Pharisee. He he knew the law inside and out. He And he followed the Hebrew law to the T. As for zeal, persecuting the church. He persecuted the early church because he thought that they were, they were, um, they were against everything that he believed. That's what he felt. Uh, because the early church was, you know, they were by the spirit of God. They believed Christ had already come. They saw Christ already come. Paul was persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, so let me read that again. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. So as, as far as legalism, as far as the law goes, he was faultless. He didn't miss a beat in the law. He kept it. 
okay? Which, I mean, basically that's impossible to do. But we're not going to split hairs here. All right, verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So right here, he's explaining his profit and loss statement. So all that stuff that he that the Jewish people would consider profit, those are profitable, he considers as a loss. He considers those as a loss for the sake of Christ. So he flips the profit and loss statement. As business owners, you know, this is a lawn care business podcast. I just happened to do a Faith Friday. But um, that that resonates with us. That resonated with me when when I watched this video and they he, the guy explained this a little bit more because I hadn't even seen it. You know, I didn't think about that. But he flips the profit and loss statement. The loss is profit and the profit is loss. Uh, verse eight. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Paul lost everything. I mean, he had it all. Paul had the favor of the, of the Jewish community. He had the favor of the Pharisees. He had money coming out of his ears. He was profitable beyond measure. He was doing all the things that he thought were right until he encountered Jesus on the Emmaus Road and completely did a 180 in his life when he encountered Jesus. He said, let me read that again. Verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I mean, just think about that with your own life for a minute. Do you consider all those things lost? Maybe you have a a relatively nice house. Maybe you have a great house. Maybe you have a swimming pool, in-ground swimming pool with a diving board, a slide. Maybe you've got a bass boat or a speed boat. You get to go out on the lake. Maybe you have a lake house. Maybe you make millions of dollars. Do you count it all loss for the sake of Christ Jesus? Or are you holding those things very tightly in your hands? Just think about that for a minute. Then Paul goes on in verse 8. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Wow. That word rubbish, it's translated into rubbish, but uh, the actual word for, for the, the, the Hebrew word that they use there is dung. I count them as crap as poo that I may gain Christ he he counts them as a cow pie in the field he counts them as a bowel movement that I may gain Christ verse 9 and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law he doesn't see the Jewish people believed that you had your own righteousness if you followed the law. Paul doesn't believe that. 
verse 9, and found him not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Paul's saying here that all that is garbage. All the, the Jewish law is garbage. Because all you're doing is working. You're working and working and working to gain your salvation, to hopefully get to heaven. Paul says that's rubbish because we have Christ. And he has imparted his righteousness onto us. But that which is through faith, if we have faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Mm, That is so good. Verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Is that something that you want? I thought about this. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Well, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, you have to know the suffering. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Paul wanted to share in the suffering of Christ. He wanted to be he wanted to found be found righteous in God's sight. And maybe maybe this stems from when he persecuted the church. Maybe he has some guilt there that lingers. I've often wondered about that with Paul. Maybe Paul has some guilt that lingers from persecuting the church. These people that are now brothers and sisters in Christ. I've often wondered that. Let's continue on in verse 10. Becoming like him in his death. So Paul wants to be like Jesus in his death. He wants to be he wants to be found worthy. He wants to go through that if he must. Verse 11. And so somehow to attain the righteousness from the dead. Paul is so desperate to gain the righteousness of God, that he's willing to do everything. He's willing to lay down his life. He's willing to suffer and die for the cause of Christ. How about you? Are you willing to lay down your life and to suffer, to lose everything, to lose your house, to lose lose your cars, your truck, your business, maybe your boat, Maybe you have toys. Lose everything, including your family. Because obviously Paul's family is not around. He's in prison. He's in prison right now in this book while he's writing this letter. So he's lost everything, but he's gained everything in Christ. See, Paul has this, this eternity mindset. He's got this eternal mindset that he is not looking for what what satisfies here on earth he's looking towards eternity he's looking for what he can do here on earth to be found righteous 
to be found to be found faithful to Christ. That's what he's talking about here. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do whatever it takes to be found righteous for God? Including losing everything. You know, you go back and you read the story of Job. Job lost everything, including his family. And yet he still was faithful to God. Is that you? Is that me? I don't know. You don't really know until you get there. I would hope that I am, but I don't know. Let's keep moving on. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So Paul's saying here, I'm saying all this, but I haven't, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm still straining for it. He's saying, I haven't already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I can't, I haven't grasped it yet, is what he's saying. I haven't, I can't hold it in my hand yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, I off, I, as I was reading through this earlier this week, I was thinking, what does he mean, forgetting what is behind? and straining for what is ahead. I kind of think that could be multifaceted because Paul was, I mean, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee. He had to let all of that go to follow Christ. He had to let go of that. I mean, he, Paul was a stubborn man, I'm sure. You can, you can hear it in the letters that he wrote. He's stubborn. He had to relinquish all of that to follow Christ and and to be found righteous and and he was persecuting the church he was i'm sure he did a lot more than what is in in the scripture here uh but it says forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead i think paul does deal with guilt of persecuting the church i do believe that yeah i mean you'd have to I mean, he was there at the stoning of Stephen. He watched a man stone get stoned to death. And he was standing there holding the coats of the people that were stoning Stephen. And he was there in approval of this. He was like, oh, yeah, this guy is getting what he deserves. Trying to talk about this Jesus Christ dude. And... Now Paul has to deal with that guilt. I'm sure there had to be guilt. I mean, I just know from my personal life, sin that I have committed in the past, there's guilt from that. But I have to forget what is behind, and I have to strain toward what is ahead. Jesus Christ is ahead. Righteousness is ahead. Heaven is ahead. All that is behind. 
That's behind us. We have to strain for what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So he's kind of using an athlete analogy here that he's straining like at a foot race. He's straining for the goal to win the prize of heaven, of Jesus, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Boy, that is a great verse. I don't have that one underlined, but I probably should. Um, we, we see so many times in church that if we don't, if somebody doesn't understand something, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we can get a little frustrated with another person because they don't understand. Paul's saying here, those of us who are mature should take such a view of forgetting what's behind, forget the past. Let's strain for what is in the, in the future. And if on some point you think differently, if we, if we differ, like we have all of these different denominations in the, in the Christian evangelical church. If we think differ, differently on some point, that too, God will make clear to you. We just got to keep, we got to keep pressing on. We got to keep in the word. We got to struggle with differing opinions, differing thoughts, differing beliefs. We need to struggle with that through the scripture. And God will make that clear to us. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already attained. So what little we have already attained, which is righteousness through Christ Jesus. We have, we, we believe on Jesus Christ. We've attained that. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. We have to live up to it, is what Paul is saying. Hopefully we can live up to it. But there's forgiveness for sin. So that's what I read out of this. There's still forgiveness of sin, even if you don't, if you aren't living up to it right now. Sanctification is a process. We can't be made perfect all at once. Verse 17, join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. So he's saying, take note of the people that are doing this. They're forgetting the past. They're straining for the future to win the prize. Take note of those people. Verse 18, for as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears. Paul was passionate about this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny, verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their own shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Man, we see that in today's Christian culture. I see that. And, and Paul is talking about the church here. This is a letter to the church. 
For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, he's sad about this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. I see that a lot from from guys that are that profess to be Christians in in our community, in the lawn care community. They profess to be Christians and yet they are straining and clawing for worldly possessions, for earthly things. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. All they want to do is eat, be gluttonous, and, and, and work for things. I want to gather as much things as I can. I want, I want a big house. I want a boat. I want, I want a lake house. I want, I want to go on these super fancy vacations. I want to do all of that. I want it all. Their mind is on earthly things. Verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if going back to verse 18 and 19, maybe Paul is not talking about the church there. I'm learning just like you guys. I am not a biblical scholar. I'm going through this just like you are. Maybe God is talk maybe Paul is talking about the lost, those that are not in the church. I kind of as I keep reading on, I see that. And so I, I, I'm hoping that that is the case. But I, as I said, I do see those professing to be Christians in our lawn care community who are grabbing and clawing for earthly things. They, they want, they desire more than anything these earthly possessions rather than what what is 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 heavenward they're straining for earthly things not heavenly things okay verse 20 but our citizenship but our citizenship is in heaven the church that that he's talking about the church here, but our citizenship, our meaning the church, is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Paul's saying here, we're not perfect. We can strain for earthly things too. I think that's what he's saying here. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he has all the power to transform everything, will transform our lowly bodies, our selfish, our our hungry these bodies that, you know, our God is our stomach half the time. We want earthly things. We desire those things. But God can transform these lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. 
Mm, that is so good. And that is the end of chapter three. I went into a little bit of chapter four there just to round it out uh, because it ends kind of at the end of a paragraph there, but it goes right into another one. So into chapter four, but wow, that is so good. Guys, this was a really, I really enjoyed this one. Philippians chapter three. I just, it's so good. I hope you guys really got a lot out of this today. Um, I know that I did. Uh, go back and read this again. Read it several times. Read it every day this week. Find new things. Find things that you can apply to your life. Let this scripture just wash over you and let it, let it sink in. And let the word of God start sanctifying your, your body your flesh. Because I, I pray and I ask God every day as I read the word to, to sanctify me through the reading of his word. And, and that's my prayer for, for everyone that listens to this, that your flesh would be sanctified through the reading of the word on a daily basis. I, I understand a lot of us are super busy. We're business owners. We are super busy. We we need to make money to keep our employees employed. We need to run the business. We, you know, to, to live life. This is how we make our living. I get that. But we also need to take time for the word. And that's why, that's why I'm doing these faith Fridays and doing them the way that I am doing them because our churches are full of people that don't know the scripture. Our churches are full of people that haven't cracked their haven't cracked their Bible in three years. Sure, they go to church, they hear the verses in the sermon, they they read it off the screen. They don't even bring their Bible to church. Their Bible is sitting on a shelf somewhere. Maybe they don't even know where it is, but they consider themselves a Christian and a Christ follower. Well, how can you follow Christ if you don't know what he says, if you don't know what is taught? You have to be in the word. And so because we're such busy business owners, I wanted to make these Faith Friday podcasts so that at least you could listen in and get the word of God once a week in a podcast where you can listen to it while you're working. You can break it down in your brain. You can hear it. You can you can disagree with me. You can disagree with me. That's fine. Do your own homework. I challenge you to go home and read it for yourself. Don't take anything that I say in these Faith Friday episodes as, as concrete, you know, thus saith the Lord. That's not, that's not what this is about. I'm learning just like you're learning. As we saw, as I was reading through, I, I decided, nope, that, that can't be. Paul is not talking to the church here. He's, he's talking about the world. And then he goes into the church. So I'm learning just like you. I am not a biblical scholar. I get things wrong. But I'm willing to take that risk and learn and learn with you. So I really hope that you all get a ton out of these Faith Friday podcasts. Uh, I'm hoping to get my wife on here and just give an extra little banter back and forth with these Faith Fridays. Um, that's the easiest thing to do right now. I do have people in my life that can join me. Uh, 
to be honest, I'm a little nervous because they're way smarter than I am about all this stuff. And so, you know, it is what it is, but at least my wife can come on here and banter back and forth a little bit. Um, she's not feeling well tonight, so she wasn't able to join me tonight. But it's just the, this, this doing this is a blessing for me, and I hope it's a blessing for you, you know, to, to be able to listen to these once a week. And, and to be encouraged, to listen to something that's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about business. It's about the things that really matter in life. And that's Jesus Christ. And, and our eternal, our eternal hope, our, where we should be looking on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute minute basis, to our eternal home. Everything we do here impacts us getting to our eternal home. And so I, I really, I, I really hope you find a lot of good value out of these. I'm going to keep doing them through Philippians. Please, if, if these thing, if Faith Fridays are, are, if you're enjoying them, if they're impacting you, if, if you want more of them, please, you need to contact me. Um, I, I want to hear from you. You can send me an email at Lansing Lawn Service at service at gmail.com or you can send me an instant message at on facebook uh, just look me up aaron sutter you can send me a message i'll get your message there and respond or you can look me up on instagram again that is lansing lawn service message me there send in a message to me there i'll get that eventually and i will respond to you uh, I want to hear from you. I want to hear how these episodes are impacting your life. So with that being said, guys, that's it for this Faith Friday episode. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you got a lot out of it. And I will see you next week for a Faith Friday.